Hey, this is John Reed, uh, Success Connect 2015. I'm in the bowels of this deserted conference room. I'm very good at finding these, and I've got a really exciting partner in crime for me today. I got Jared Pazahonic. What's up, man? Really having fun in the bowels here. Thanks yeah. for having me. <laughs> yeah, I've got you here for the uh, event review, so we're going to do a discussion, and we might put a stopping point uh, for shorter intention span listeners and then those of you who want the real dirt will keep going um before we start i just want to remind you jared that every time you say the word work day in a podcast um someone at sap has a brain aneurysm so <laughs> just take that into account um, <laughs> i will do my best <laughs> but um no seriously though we we're just wrapping up a, a pretty full two-day event uh a, some new announcements uh, today, and then generally speaking, a context in which Success Factors is experiencing, you know, pretty substantial growth, um, and they've come a long way with Employee Central. So now they're looking at growth, not just of, you know, the talent, but the core. Um, what are your sort of feelings about where you stand now? You've been a pretty vocal critic in some cases. Where where do you see this? You know, one of the biggest things that I look for at the event is I look for customer enthusiasm. I look for SAP and success factors continuing the same messaging that they're doing at the other events. And, uh, you know, back in the past, we used to hear, you know, sometimes we used to hear a lot of promises and, you know, the action wasn't always there. And one of the nice things is that folks like Mike Etling, Thomas Otter have been repeating the same message over and over again for the last year and a half. And, right. and, and I think that that's starting to resonate with customers. I think that for, I, I tell them a lot of times that sometimes you have to say the same thing over and over again for customers to really hear the message because some people are here, some right. people aren't, the message doesn't always go back. And, and, and I think they've been pretty clear that the cloud is the future. Um, when you look at the investments uh, that they're making, you know, you see that it's, a, it's still heavy on employee central. Uh, one neat thing today is we got Dimitri to talk about the new, uh, I think it's called Intelligent Services Offering, right. uh, which took me a little while to get my arms around what exactly that was. Because when you hear, when you hear those terms and you hear machine learning, you're thinking of, you know, Terminator and some of these other things. And so it's, uh, it was sort of neat to hear some more uh, about what that offering is and, 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 and what their plans are a bit. It's really early, but what their plans are for that over the next three to four year period. One thing that I like about that type of announcement is that it's actually coming or slash available with the August release. Right. So they're starting with 16 core services, which are backed by a certain number of business rules, I think around 100. I'm not totally sure. I mean, don't quote me on the exact, <laughs> um, even though we're on the record. <laughs> uh, but what are your thoughts in terms of what is this trying to accomplish and why are they doing this? Yeah, I mean, I think it's obviously a trendy area, you know, talking about, you know, machines being smarter, you know, it's been something in HR that they've talked about for years, you know, how do we get the systems to do more work and, you know, move people from the back office into more strategic roles. I've seen that as a marketing message for many years. I think the technology is starting to get to the point where customers can maybe start to achieve some of that. I mean, Dimitri was very clear that this is just the start. But the thought process at a high level, it's to get tasks that can be um, 
some additional logic. They use some examples about someone moving to Germany and, and sort of the ripples that an expat would cause and starting to get the system set up in such a way that it could start to solve some of those things. And I like that he, you know, that he shared a personal example of one of his employees and how he had moved to Germany. And, and it's really true that the first couple of weeks when you do something like that, what are you doing? You're reading manuals. You're, you're doing things to try to understand, you know, what your kid's where your kids are going to go to school and they're looking at trying to automate a lot of those pieces. So I think it's just the tip of the iceberg, but I do like the fact that, like you said, it's not vaporware. It's something now, obviously it's a generation one that's going to come a long ways, but I highly encourage customers to check this out. Um, the initial release is for employee central customers. It's with the 1408 release, which I think for a lot of customers they'll have either they just got, or they'll get in the next month. Wait, and isn't that 1508? Sorry, 1508. Yes, Sorry, my apology. I'm, I'm like, wait, do I know more about releases than Jarrett? This is scary. The years are all going together. Yeah, yeah. But I asked some questions that just sort of show me a little bit of a different mindset than would have been back in the SAP days. I ask, is there an additional licensing for this offering? In the SAP HCM days, everything was extra. That yeah. that was new. And, and this is included. Um, you know, it's already there. And, and one of the things I'll have to see a little bit more to believe is the fact I asked Demetri directly, I said, can customers set this up? And he said, the, the tool set is there for customers to set it up. Um, you know, thinking about machine learning, it, it struck me that the setup of it might not be that hard. I'll need to see it to believe that piece. But the thing is, is customers have to understand that to get this stuff to work, they have to have defined business processes. They have to have scenarios where they want certain things to occur. And the other thing that I really liked was the fact that with a SaaS vendor, they have access to data. And not, not that they're looking at your specific data, but they have access to broad spectrum of data that allows them to see how customers are using their software, how how this functionality is working, and that's influencing future product direction, and that's something that you, they never could have gotten in the on-premise world. As uh, someone who is with you when you asked that question about consulting help, I was looking at it like, uh, Jarrett's looking for a consulting angle on this as well, but, but in an interesting way because in a certain sense, you don't want to hear, you're, you're in an interesting position because you want to be valuable as a consultant, but you also don't want to hear that every single feature requires a ton of outside expertise to install. You right. know? And that's not a message that customers want as well. Customers yeah. want, I mean, one of the nice things about cloud-based technologies is customers should be able to set up a majority of things themselves. Now, do they have the internal expertise? Do they want to do it? That's another story. But customers should be given the ability to do it themselves. Yeah. The best consultants out there are the ones that understand the business process, the the problems that you you know you you want to try to solve, and those are what's going to be really needed with the intelligent services. Right. Right. We have a furniture interruption, but we're just going to plow along for now. Uh, so. Jared, there were some other announcements that Dimitri made, like a whole series of smaller announcements today. Um, LinkedIn, uh, what were your, what was your take on that? I mean, I'm a big fan of LinkedIn, as you know. Uh, uh, yes. I frequent LinkedIn a lot. You're I run... like the success factors <laughs> lord of LinkedIn. Uh, your groups are dominant. Shameless plug. I've got two LinkedIn groups that have about twenty three thousand people in them. But you know, one of the interesting things is is that I heard later on, and it makes sense that there's an opt in characteristic for employees. So organizations aren't going to be able just to bring everyone's data in. And I think a lot of employees 
don't want to have their employer having all their information because, you know, people are at various stages of uh, job shopping. Sometimes people are looking at maybe embellishing their skill set a little bit. And, and so that piece, it sounds good. I think it's valuable. It'll be curious to see how organizations can incent or work with their employees to get them to sign up. Because if they do, I can imagine there's some real benefits for companies to have that information. For those who didn't hear the announcement, what would be kind of an example of how that might work? Yeah, I don't know if I fully grasped the full context of it. I got the yeah. sense was it was going to be the ability to bring in pretty much your entire LinkedIn profile. I saw recommendations. I saw endorsements, which I know you're a big fan of the oh, endorsements yeah. of LinkedIn. Definitely. Inside of, inside of your employee profile, which... Right. You know, it just adds another layer of information because I'll tell you something, there's companies out there that don't know, it's sort of scary, don't know what their employees are good at. And if you've got something where you have 100 people endorsing you for your podcast skills, John, uh, you can imagine that next time they're looking to who's going to run a podcast, wow, I didn't realize we have John and he really likes to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Jared, the one thing I was really struck by talking to you about this show before we started taping is... You seem surprisingly upbeat. You have held Success Factor's feet to the fire on a number of issues for kind of a long time. Is it fair to say that you're feeling somewhat optimistic at the moment? I mean, I'll say that the Success Factor's leadership, they, they're aware of the issues. And, you know, when they're coming out publicly and saying, these are the things we have to work on, hey, we know that support isn't as good as it needs to be. And, and Mike had a striking point. He says, when you have your partner community creating add-on solutions for support. And he said this in the keynote, that'll tell you we need to fix that. And so are there a lot of initiatives that, that still are in the early innings? For sure. But the nice thing is, is you can tell that SAP understands the issues that are important to their customers. I still have a little bit of concern on how they're tracking success. But at the end of the day, I can say that Mike Etling, coming from the, the BPO industry and Northgate at Grinzo, he understands how important customer service and customer satisfaction is. And they're doing more than just giving it lip service. They're actually putting some initiatives in place. And, and one of the neat things, and you know, I always have complaints during the, we're coming up to political season in the debates, is that people can say anything and it's never fact-checked. Uh, they, they say stuff one time and they go back, you know, the next time and say something different. Mike made a point to go back and say, here's what I promised you last year. Here is what we've delivered on. And, and you can tell that when you're having that type of transparency, that enables customers to trust the, the, what's coming. And, and trust is a big part of cloud-based offerings because no solution in the marketplace, none of the big big vendors have a full feature, you know, complete solution. They are counting on customers trusting them to deliver where they have gaps. Right. So let me see if I can summarize your viewpoint. You haven't abandoned your critique, but you've put out the things that you want success factors to work on. You're pleased with the progress in the communication and you want to see some further execution. But for now, you're feeling somewhat optimistic. Yeah, I would, say, I would say that's the case. And I think okay. eventually the next step is going to start to be sharing some metrics with the outside community. And, and one of the big ones I see is what is customer satisfaction now and what is right. customer satisfaction a year from now? And, you know, the key is, is, is it improving? Is it trending in the right direction? And those, if, if the answer is yes to that, that's going to be very positive for customers. Gotcha. All right. Well, I think that's a good place to end this part of the discussion on. For those of you who want to dig a little deeper. We're going to do that, but thanks for the review. Thanks for having me.